Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads. Let's start with this. Before reading the book, what did you know about Viola Davis? It's a name I think most know, and I know how respected she is. She's, I think, won award from an EGOT. Mm-hmm. She's got a pretty nice trophy shelf and well-respected. But I really, I don't even know if I could name a role she had been in. I really only knew, I knew her as an actor, of course, but I never did watch How to Get Away with Murder, <laughs> which <laughs> despite being an accomplished theater performer and movie actor that really was in many ways kind of her big breakout role and she talks about that in the book so I didn't know her that well I wanted to read the book because I personally just get so much out of reading other people's stories it's why I love biographies so much it gives me perspective outside of my own life which honestly like I lived in Toronto for four years and other than that, I have lived within a 60 kilometer radius of Ottawa my entire life. So I think it's very important for me to read about other people who grew up in different places under different situations to really help me get some perspective on, on this life we live. It's fascinating. I mean, biographies a lot of time can be more interesting than fiction. The mm-hmm. the roads these people take and it's so unique. Everybody's journey is so unique and Viola's is really super unique. Yeah. I mean, it could have really gone two ways. Her life was so intense. It's I wild. Agree. Truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah. Right. I think it's yeah. the same. And it, it's so true here. It's like you, you're reading some of this stuff. You, you kind of gasp. It's yeah. just wow. When you closed the last page and closed the book, what was your kind of your initial feeling? I felt really positive. I like to think of myself as optimistic and positive person. World is a really, really tough place. People, uh, there seems to be just a lot of anger, a lot of divisiveness. And Viola's story, there is just something about her human spirit and generally the human spirit in all of us that her ability to push through that the suffering and hardship she experienced as a young girl and even as a young woman mm-hmm. um, is just, uh, it's a really is a beautiful story of perseverance and mm-hmm. coming out and finding that inner strength. And it really left a positive feeling. Really, really, really good through some really tragic circumstances. Yeah. But come, you come away feeling, feeling good, I, I thought. How about you? I felt wildly fortunate. <laughs> You know, when you read about other people's stories of trauma, it always makes me think, why, why them and not me? How did I get off so lucky in life? So wildly fortunate, it reminded me, similar to what you just said, of just the strong will to survive in people. It just blows my mind what some people can make it through and the fact that she never gave up. When she had every reason to, she defeated all odds, and I'm just in awe of her. Me too. It is complete awe because she could have given up. She could have just gone down the dark path and chose that route, but she didn't. Let's get into a little bit more of the nitty-gritty here. If you go out and you buy a good old-fashioned hard copy, uh, like I think we both do. You read hard copies, right? Or do you do I the do. audiobooks? Yeah. Yeah, I do hard copy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, there's some about it for me still. 
I mean, most of my life is spent digitally in, in there, but for some reason, coming back to the paper is always a really, there's there's just like an old romance to it, I guess. I totally agree. Um, so if you get the if you get the book, inside the cover uh, is a little kind of synopsis of um, what you're going to get. And I just want to read the first uh, couple paragraphs here from Viola Davis. She says, in my book, you will meet a little girl named Viola who ran from her past until she made a life-changing decision to stop running forever. This is my story from a crumbling apartment in Central Falls, Rhode Island to the stage in New York City and beyond. This is the path I took to finding my purpose, but also my voice in a world that didn't always see me. That doesn't hook you in. I don't know what will. Um, and yeah, it sets the stage pretty nice. It does. So the first chapter, she goes back and forth throughout the book, but the first chapter... She is eight years old and she's kind of setting the stage for what her eight year old life was like. And it starts in school. She dealt with a lot in school. People were extremely cruel to her, extremely cruel. And so right here on page three of the book, she gives you a glimpse she says, so my Portuguese classmate and eight or nine white boys in my class made it their daily end of school ritual to chase me like dogs hunting prey. When that end of school bell rang, it was off to the races, running literally to save my life. For the gang of boys, it was a sadistic fun time. Every day it was the same madness, the same trauma. And then she goes on to say they would throw things at her, whether it was a brick or a stick or a rock. They would throw things at her. They would call her ugly. They would say other horrific racial slurs. And this was her every day leaving school Mm -hmm. until one day she was given the advice to stand up to them. And so she left school this one day and instead of running, she walked slowly as slowly as she possibly could. And she was, she had a, like a crochet needle that she was given from the person who gave her this advice to stand up to them. And when they ran up to her, threatening her, she essentially said, I'm going to stab you with this needle that I've got. And they walked away, laughing at her, still calling her names, but walked away. And that was the last time they ever chased her. The guts to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to give her that advice, but the guts to actually put it into action because she would be, she's terrified every day and probably dreading that school bell ringing. Yeah. And, and probably, you know, affecting everything from her studies and to have the guts to stand up to these, to these guys. Yeah. Uh, So that's where the story starts. And she's eight years old. Fast forward a little bit and and maybe you can talk about, you know, some of the moments that really struck you. On the set of Suicide Squad with Will Smith, this is one of the bigger kind of wow moments for me. And it comes early in the book, uh, you know, page six or seven. He's trying to learn more about Viola and, and having real heartfelt conversations and, and asking, you know, Viola, who are you? She gets hit by some memories and then just immediately blurts out, I'm the little girl who would run after school every day in third grade because these boys hated me because I was not pretty because I was black and will staring at her as if seeing her for the first time and nods 
and she can feel the emotions coming up, the tears welling up. And then she gives this beautiful passage about what that memory struck in her. Memories are immortal. They are deathless and precise. They have the power of giving you joy and perspective in hard times, or they can strangle you, define you in a way that's based more on other people's touched up perceptions than truth. And memories are really, really immortal. Mm. And it's funny how they can twist and change shape over time. Yes. Um, and the brain does a really interesting thing, pushing maybe some of the really dark ones away to kind of help you go through. But I just thought it was a, it's a beautiful passage on almost Viola having a reckoning that moment with Will on set mm -hmm. of of how, where she's come, how she's learned to deal with those memories and how she's learned to move through and not quote unquote strangle her, mm -hmm. right? And not define her and pull her down. So it was early and it was just like, whoa, she's really gained some good perspective on what has happened to her and how to move forward. Here she is and she says to Will Smith, she has this epiphany like, I am that eight-year-old girl who was running for her life. And she realizes that for the first time, and now she can confront it. Throughout the book, she talks about the therapy that she's done. In one part, she's talking to her therapist about this eight-year-old girl. The therapist said to her, because she always, you know, she in her memory, she looks at this eight-year-old girl as someone who is very, very sad and... um you know, went through like a lot of struggle and the therapist said, well, I see that eight-year-old girl as someone who's very strong and can stick up for herself. And I see her as a survivor. And I think that eight-year-old girl would look at the woman she has become and be very proud. And that was a another moment for Viola because then she didn't need to feel sad for that eight-year-old girl inside of her anymore. Wow. I can feel myself getting emotional just even rethinking that and mm -hmm. what it meant to Viola. The therapist almost saying, go embrace that eight-year-old girl yes. inside you. Give her a hug. Yeah. Because um, it's really something special. She was really super strong. Yeah, I mean, seeing her abusive father and her mom struggling and, and the siblings in the house and that eight-year-old girl was, was amazing. Mm -hmm. We haven't really touched on that part yet. So she didn't only deal with abuse from fellow students. She dealt with a whole lot of it at home. If if the poverty wasn't enough that that Viola and her family faced the the abuse and the 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 alcohol um, infused violence that her dad would go through almost daily through her life, abusing her mom in front of her to almost, sometimes within an inch of her life. It's really hard to hard to read, and Viola as a young girl witnessing this, it's difficult and it's. The family was in extreme poverty. I mean, sometimes there was no running water. Mice and rats were were could be nibbling on them. The toilet was questionable. Mm -hmm. So she she's going to school in in not the not the greatest emotional and physical anyway. And yeah. uh, it's it, it really really tough conditions. Yeah, yeah. She would say that if they had running water, 
it would be sparse. And so they would take kind of sponge baths here and there. But for the most part, they didn't bathe at all. And of course, how can you wash clothes? And I mean, Central Falls, Rhode Island gets cold. And, you know, she remembers in the winter, they wouldn't have any heat. They would do their best to wash their clothes and they'd hang them up by a string in their room. But by the time it was, you know, they were waking up in the morning, of course, with no heat, especially the clothes were still wet. So they were putting on really still pretty dirty and now wet clothes and wearing them in the depths of winter to go to school. Most people never have to deal with that. And that alone would be hard enough and would leave an imprint on you. But then never knowing what you were coming home to and so often coming home to unimaginable violence. Her father, she never knew what shape he was going to be in. Gosh, you know, even just reading reading through it, it's like, okay, you understand that her father is an alcoholic and a very abusive alcoholic. And she grew up in this for how many years? From eight years yeah. old until she was an adult. You can see the the inner fire and the drive in Viola. She stood up to her dad when she was 14. I think it's page 29. Uh, so she finally stood up to her dad abusing her mom. And she had the realization, my life would be a fight. And I realized this, I had it in me. So she's 14 at this point. She's standing up to her dad who, who you know, would be terrifying to have that realization at 14 that my life's going to be a fight. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm ready for that fight. Bring yeah. it. Is astounding. So she just, she just has this fire in her. Um, and you realize it pretty quick in the book that through the trauma, there's, there's a woman who just had a, had a drive that this wasn't going to take her down. Yeah. Uh, not all of her siblings pulled through the way that she did. And of course, I mean, that makes perfect sense. A few things kind of came to her. Not, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say came to her rescue along the way, but I don't want to give anyone else credit for, <laughs> for what she did. But, but there was a, a theater group in Central Falls that her and a couple of her sisters became a part of. And that was huge for her. You know, that was probably one of those forks in the road that changed the outcome of her life. When she got into this theater group and was excellent at it. And then Mm -hmm. that started her path to acting. And then fast forward some more. What happens? She gets into the most acclaimed acting school that we know of anyway. Certainly in, in North America. Must be one of the top in the world. Juilliard. You know that most would know the name it just by saying it. You know, this is the prestigious school. Yeah. Yeah. And she got in there with like with no contacts. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people who get into Juilliard, it's because they come from this family and their father or their mother was an actor. And she, you know, she came from nothing, nothing. And even her application was quite something at Juilliard. She had given herself like an hour when really it takes almost people one to three days and she swaggered in on that. It was It's quite a fun story in the yes. book about how she just was like, I'm getting this. And she got it. Yeah. About an eye. So she gets into Juilliard. Uh, she moves to New York City. She's on her own for the first time. 
uh, moves into an apartment that's <laughs> just another mess, but pulls through. <laughs> another huge experience in her life was her trip to Africa. Love this part. You literally felt like you were there file and the way she was describing it. You could feel the joy of her being in Africa. Uh, it, it came right off the page. I mean, she's describing the smells, the heat, how hot it felt, and loving that, and the the various colors, the colors of the sky, the sun rising, the sun setting. This school trip she took, or this journey, it just it really reinforced her acting, and and is and it solidified her, her position. It felt it just the joy was palpable of that trip. It really was. It felt like a special defining moment for her at the right point in her life. Mm-hmm. She wrote about it saying Juilliard's academic approach did not connect the work to our lives. It missed the true potency of artistry, which is that it ships humanity. Art has the power to heal the soul. Through her time at Juilliard, she was doing theater that was based in white people's experience. And she was having such a hard time also being one of the few black actors. She was having such a hard time connecting, feeling this internal struggle when she got to do this trip to Africa and she felt validated. She felt like, of course, I don't connect to what they're putting in front of me and how could they expect me to? And so there's a bit of like validation, a bit of anger, uh, and then a bit of understanding and relief because she felt so connected to the people that she met there and how they expressed themselves through their art, through their dancing, through their singing, mm-hmm. through the tapestry, food. And she just, it was another awakening for her. Yeah, at the right time. And that that line you ended there with, art has the power to heal the soul. I hear that as healing her soul, Mm -hmm. but I also hear read it as healing the people who are watching or taking in the art soul. I feel like it's healing Viola as an actress, Mm -hmm. her soul being an artist, and us as as witnessing the art has a power to heal our soul as well. I feel like there's a bit of a double. Yes. Another string or, you know thread through the book was her her difficulties in finding love and no kidding i mean every relationship in your life from childhood on was you know fractured and dysfunctional abusive she found intimacy hard until she met this man that she did end up marrying and their whole love story how they met and their relationship was so beautiful and you know how she kind of came into it how she learned to feel safe and vulnerable and allowed herself to love that was really cool it was really cool and and julius was a really special special man and the way she describes him you can once again like the african journey you can feel feel it coming off the page she was allowed herself to be vulnerable, Julius, and I think his approach just seemed to be gentle, relaxed, no rush. He had the, seemed to have the right mindset coming into it. I mean, I believe it was probably, I think, his second relation, his second marriage now. Mm-hmm. But they just seemed to really have, the, it was the right kind of pacing for both of them. And yeah. he was, it seemed really gentle. There's, she found her way in a relationship 
uh, in a loving relationship and allowed herself to to kind of grow within that. And it was it was special to see, and it's special to see that it's still continuing today. Mm -hmm. You hop on her Instagram and you can see them and uh, the love they still have today. She found a healthy relationship in Julius, and throughout the book, she also talks about her faith. She had a relationship with God. It makes sense that she would need to hold on to a higher power to get her through some of the, the situations that she was in. In us chatting about, about the book, you, I thought you had a really interesting comment about that. Yeah, she really, in, in leading up to the relationship with Julius, she, I had maybe your sister Diane, somebody, you know, or a therapist, somebody said, you know, Viola Gray for what you want in a, in a relationship. And and so she gets down and does a bedside prayer one night to God and kind of almost describes Julius to a T who would come later into her life. It just felt to me like I do, I, I love the idea of spirituality. Uh, I don't necessarily the the greater guy in the sky and stuff, but I was hopeful that Viola wouldn't put all of this in that it was God who delivered this to her because I feel like it did her a bit of a disservice. She worked so hard on herself mm -hmm. and I felt like she needed to give herself credit and she does. And it does kind of the chapter as the chapter goes on, even though she did do this, this prayer and really does believe God did have a hand in delivering Julius. She does realize the hours of therapy, the self-belief, and finally loving herself. Mm -hmm. The hard work personally and professionally give her the gifts to live and celebrate. It feels like she does give herself credit. And I, that really, I really liked that she, that she came around there. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone who's still with us listening right now not wanting to go out and pick up this book. Because <laughs> although you probably think we've touched on a lot... There's still so much more there. Ryan, in closing, what would you say was your biggest wow moment? She is such a great writer and is able to succinctly put some great points about life. And life is not, and we talked, I've probably talked about this in, in our Rick book. It's not always filled with happiness and joy. And, and Viola's is no different. One of the really big takeaway quotes from Viola, I'm now aware that the not so happy memories lie in wait, but the hope and the joy also lie in wait. As an optimistic person trying to look for the good in a lot of situations, that is, it just encompasses it so well in, you know, 20, 30 words. My, uh, <laughs> my biggest wow in one word, rats. I, I'm not going to say any more because I want, I really want you to read the book, but just honestly, Ryan, because it was such a big part because they, oh, just what she had to deal with, with rats. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to leave yeah. that there. And yeah. then, and then I also have to mention, and we can't even, you know, we can't begin to dissect this, but her father's transformation and how That's a good point, Josie. she could possibly have a loving relationship with her father at the end. After everything he did to her mother and that her mother and father could have a loving, peaceful relationship after everything that he did to her and everything he put his children through is mind bending to me. And surrounded by the grandchildren at the end. <gasps> and it's just, it is mind bending that from where you are at the beginning to the it's it, it's a different person. Oh, 
you would not fault her or think twice if she wanted nothing to do with that man. If she even wanted bad things to happen to him. You know, if she cursed the day he was born, you would not fault her for that. And that is not how the story ends. To me, that alone is so powerful. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying, again, it just gives me such perspective. And it's just a massive reminder to me that you cannot cast judgment on anyone's (laughs) life, decision-making, how they love, who they love. It's just, it's a wild life and everyone's just doing their best. It is an amazing story. We encourage, I think, everyone to go out and get it. It's Viola Davis, Finding Me. There's another Relaxing Reads podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Josie. Thank you for kicking back and relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.